No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. Hello again, mech fans. You know, sometimes I get the urge to walk around the mech bays of Solaris 7. And lately, I've noticed a disturbing trend. I see these mech jocks wandering around confused, rummaging through their inventories of parts like they've forgotten how to stack their equipment. So I'd like to just remind you folks to please, please stack your gear properly. It's better to take your time than to be smashed beneath a box of 3,472 units of standard armor you've had laying around for the last year. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world. This is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast number 102. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. Today is February 5th, 2014, and I am joined by Brandon, a.k.a. Catch Kell. Hello. Jason, a.k.a. The Centurion. Hello. And special guest host, Tyler, a.k.a. Jaeger12. Hello. All right, guys. Patched week. Obviously, a lot to talk about. Some of the things are a little bit too early, but there are some things we can go ahead and dive into. And first up on the discussion topic is let's talk about weapon modules. Obviously, uh, they introduced tier one and two weapon modules yesterday on the patch. What are your guys' initial thoughts on this? And do you see them as being actual like viable? Like, would you take them over? I don't know a arty strike. Uh, I picked up the uh, the first couple levels of AC5 just because it's such a prevalent weapon, just to, to play around with it. But I don't think that they're currently in their in their current version worth uh, skipping an Artemis strike or anything like that for. In, in the current form, I don't think they do enough. I mean, modules are supposed to go up to level 5. So, I mean, if they follow the same trend and numbers and stuff like that and you scale it, I mean, once we get around tier 4 and 5, we might be able to see them being more viable than other things. Uh, right now, the only thing that's really viable, or I would probably recommend to people over something else in the module slot, would maybe be the AMS weapon module. Now, for someone out there, um, before I get Tyler's response, uh, they're tier 1 through 2 right now. Obviously, it's going to go up to tier 5. If you were to look at like the small laser or medium laser, what is a tier 1 and what is a tier 2? It's basically an increase in the long range, so you can imagine like the effective range. Um, but it's also a very small increments and then you get a small increment of heat increase. So even if you were to like have a tier five level medium laser upgrade module upgrade, you're only talking about like what max 80, not not even 80 meters uh, to the long range. Again, does that, would you take that over now that would affect all of your medium lasers? Uh, Would you guys take that uh, over, you know, any of the other stuff, but let's go ahead and ask uh, Tyler. For now, no. Tier 1 and 2 are kind of underwhelming, and artillery, air strikes, and cool shot 9x9 is just way more effective in a game. It's going to be far more likely to determine or impact the outcome of a game. The only weapon system we're kind of looking at right now is possibly the ER Large Laser, and only to be used with the Raven 3L, because it has you know, tons of module slots. For that additional like effective... You know, it's at what six fifty, and then it pushed out to seven fifty, and then that would that would actually be pretty beneficial. Yeah, we'll see about what the tier three through five look like, but right now tier one and two aren't very significant. So basically, we're running into the same, or I should say, obviously it's still new, but just I guess theory crafting right now. The effectiveness against other modules. Why would you take one over the other? You know, for instance, seismic sensor back before it had the nerf to it. You always took it. I mean, it was just one of those things. What changes would they have to do to the weapon modules? And would you... Well, let's go ahead and tackle that. What what changes right off the bat would you guys take um, as far as looking at the weapon modules? I'd be willing to do it the opposite. I think we're with the ghost heat and things like that. We already get kind of heat starved with certain configs. 
and so extra range for heat it's okay uh, but i'd be willing to do the opposite i would trade range for decreased heat yeah there's not much more they can do the the primary problem is that it takes up a module slot and i've heard them talk about possibly putting in other module slots specifically for these kinds of upgrades which would make them much more desirable to look into so instead of it just being a universal module slot like how it is right now, and this is actually something I was going to talk about, is um, introduce actual weapon modules and or you know equipment modules and stuff like that. That way uh, you can get a little bit more specific and you're not having to totally negate. Because like right now, some modules totally negate all the use of others. And you would probably constantly run into that, even with you know, an incentive of increased range or a little bit decreased heat. When at the end of the day, why do you guys take the uh, the airstrikes in Artie? It's because they do massive amounts of damage, and you can take out someone and or affect the battle. Would that be the same for some of these models? I'm going to go out and limb and say, unless and until they introduce weapon module slots or equipment module slots, I don't I don't think these will really be used, or at least I'm not going to be using them. And I guess that's not a I'm not saying no one's going to use them. Um, I just don't really see, for me personally, I would rather just take, I would rather take target decay than get an extra 20, 50 meters on a medium laser when, you know, taking two steps forward in my mech is going to give me that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And as far as combinations they could do, there's not, there's a few more combinations. Like they could decrease range but increase damage slightly or decrease beam duration on some weapons but increase heat you know there's just a lot of combinations they could do but uh, also these weapon modules are incredibly expensive for what they do you need to buy so many of them if you want to you know change up for all your mechs you're, you're saying but, GXP how many GXP is for tier no, 1 it's it's the C-bills man they're still 3 million a piece well I know okay so how much are how much is GXP to upgrade? Is it still 15000 I'm trying to remember. I only got the uh, large laser one. Uh, okay, I'd have to look. Someone yeah. laser saying five to 500 GXP to 700. That's actually not that much GXP. No, um, it's bills that kill it, though. I mean, yeah. if, we're ta- if we're talking people, if, if they want people to use the modules, and I mean, let's just say hypothetically in the future that they do create a separate module area where you can configure your mech a little bit to make it your own personal weapon system type thing to your specifics so it's not interfering with their modules laying down three million bills per module to tweak your mech a little bit with pros and cons is a little bit much in my opinion one million probably wouldn't be that ba- uh, bad but i mean i'd probably rather see it around 500 to 600 maybe 700,000. well i mean obviously let's be realistic i mean there there are sort of a hey Here's a little bit of bonus, but you got to sink some in-game currency, you know, as far as C bills into them. It's it's free if you looked at it from that perspective, but it's sort of a C bill sink. Now, I totally agree with you. I'm cheap, and I have X amount of modules, and I haven't bought any more. But right now, obviously, with UI 2.0 and the whole module, you know, finding it, which mech has, it's a nightmare right now, literally. Um, so I'm holding off on getting any modules right now. I'm just playing module lists, I guess, right now. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things where, what is the incentive for a player to take them? And then how easy is it to be able to acquire and or use? I mean, the reality of it is I don't, for instance, okay. So right now, if I was to break down how many modules I have, and I was to look at the C bill, total C bill cost and GXP cost, I would say if the cost was a little bit lower, I would have actually bought more. Like, I that's mean, what, yeah, that's you know, thing, like, right? I mean, even if they were half the cost of C-Bills, like, I know there's a, I know myself included that if I didn't have to search through my list of mechs to find a module, I would gladly buy a second one, but I'm not dumping six million. I would dump maybe a million into like three or four of the same modules so I don't have to fiddle around and move everything all around. I could just select and go. Yeah, because I mean, the reality of it is one, what, seismic is six million, but I've only bought, I think, two because... I I think I had to because anyways, I lost one and, and then I found it. But my point being is I could also have I have 92 mechs right now in my main account. I would have bought, you know, it, let's just say there were 500,000 or 750,000 C-bills or maybe let's just say, you know, a million max. I mean, I probably would have done that for the majority of the mechs. And now I'm spending more C-bills, which is a C-bill sink. But I think it's one of those things like what is... What is the point of the modules? Is it to keep 
you know, you grinding away? Is it to keep you like, you know, like, oh, I, I have to upgrade, you know, I, you know, it's always that sort of, you know, I love collecting, I love upgrading, I want, you know, that sort of stuff. To me, that's where where it's at is I wouldn't mind a little bit less uh, cost overall, and I would actually buy more. I guess it, and I wouldn't even, even though I would end up spending more C bills, I wouldn't care because it's it's so nice to be able to hop into any one of my mechs, and it, I've already got target decay, I've already got seismic sensor, and then maybe I leave one open for whatever. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it all depends on the type of module as well. I mean, it's good to collect and stuff like that. But, I mean, if we're talking weapon modules compared to support modules and stuff like that, it's got a completely different function, whereas a support module gets used, like the UAV and your uh, artillery and airstrikes and stuff like that, uh, whereas your weapon modules, yeah, you could probably collect those no problem. Um, I think modules usage is something that comes up as, like, what's the point right now at the specific point in time? Well, when I say what what's the point, I'm saying from the design perspective. But like, what are you? What are they trying to achieve? Um, are you basically having to choose, you know, something uh, and it out? You know, like it's a sack. You know, it's it's almost like it's a give and take. There's pros and cons. Okay, I take the target decay and I take you know three others, but then you know I'm missing out on all the other ones. But you know, the way I look at it is when you when all you see is a bunch of already being used. You know. Um, yeah. Well, there's, I, I, there's an opportunity cost to all of these modules, um, and I currently I don't even know if rank five if it's going to be worth um, you know taking those over an already. I mean, my my thing was not just to reduce cost, but if you had a separate bank of modules, like say these these weapon modification modules were part of your pilot customization slots instead of mech, where I could use them in tandem with things like Artemis or some of the other traditional modules, I'd be much more uh, willing to do that. Just to add on to what you're saying there. Um... Centurion. Uh, I, I completely agree. I think if there was to be a sep- separate module section, so like pilot uh, modules or something like that, and then these were in them, I think it would be much more, because these modules in my opinion, the weapon modules, tend to be more towards customization to your playstyle, and as such, to have them grouped in with other things like arty and stuff like that, they're going to be overlooked every time. If you want to make something that's going to be a C-Bill sync, make a separate weapon module group section either under the player profile or something like that or for even just a second tier to the mech or something like that in the module selection so you get your base modules and then like weapon modules and then use these as an opportunity for players to sink c bills into modules which they can use to customize and play around with their mech a bit more if if we're to look at it right so we're getting weapon modules like it uh, i'm just you know i'm visualizing this we have uh, you know, cha- maybe if we had chassis equipment modules, we had weapon modules. I mean, to me, instead of just checking a, a module slot, I mean, obviously they could do something uh, a little bit more visually in the in the UI as far as like, why not just call it a, you know, a instead of it just being a uh, medium laser uh, module, why not just, you know, call it something like a you know, laser lens upgrade, and it, basically it's the same thing, but, you know, you, you're taking it more towards the battle tech lore of, oh, you know, yeah, I'm upgrading my lenses or, you know, the focus beam in my lasers, you know, for my medium lasers, you know what I'm saying? Makes it a little bit more towards, like, canon and lore, like, uh, uh, in the in the universe instead of it just being this thing. Uh, does that make sense? Just, it's the exact same thing. You, you, you give it the benefits of hey, you get an increase in range and in a little bit more heat, um, but it's because I'm upgrading my the, the laser lens or capacitor. Or, oh, you know, hey, I'm getting an increase in range in my ER large lasers. It's because of, you know, the focused, you know, capacitor, blah, 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 whatever. Does that make sense? Instead of it just being, here's a medium laser upgrade. Well, what is, you know, or, you know, module upgrade, you know, that doesn't, to me, I'm just always trying to look at it like, how does it fit into the universe? Yeah, well, that's almost like in tactics how there's different manufacturers have have medium lasers with different properties. I mean, you know, for that's... example, that that kind of an example I think would work out well. But I don't think I think that has to be a separate um, module slot or a separate slot, the customization yeah. option. Definitely, I'm... I think I think the module should be split into like two or maybe even three different components. Like you have your overarching, like let's just call it um, support modules, and maybe have like two different support modules, which would be like the current ones as they are, like. Uh, uh, your targeting already and that sort of stuff and then you could have a second one which would be like uh, weapon modules which could have like two or three other slots in it and that would be specifically just for 
the weapon group modules, and then that way you could keep your sensors and targeting stuff like that, but then you could also play around with your mechs and have them a little bit more custom to your playstyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, look at how the upgrades of a mech, right? You have your armor, you have your, you know, equipment. If you could visualize this, right now, or last week we were talking, uh, Tyler, I asked you um, about, you know, would you be perturbed if they limited you to only having one, you know, um, arty or airstrike? I almost feel like that sh you should only have one choice. You know, you should have one size, you know, one sensor one, you know, uh, equipment, one weapon, mo you know, module. And so you can almost imagine that's how that would be as well. So you'd have to pick and choose. And maybe you have a few items uh, here or there. But uh, I definitely, like I said, the current, how they're currently implemented, I think it just, it could be tweaked to be more, you know, Battletech canon, if you will, fitting into the lore. Oh, you know, like, to me, it just doesn't feel very Battletech to, to okay, well, what is this module? You know, put it in the context of Battletech and it makes, for me, a little bit more sense. And then obviously incentivize it, make each module unique as far as, uh, you know, is it, you only have so many you can put on and then you have to pick and choose. That way you don't have a stacking of uh, stuff as well. Does that make sense? Like if you only have one weapon module, then you have to choose. Well, just one, not, oh, I can take three or four. Anyways, go ahead and moving on. I'm just gonna, uh, you know... I think the gist of it is basically to to make the whole pilot skill system and the, the module system, uh, you know, we already have the whole speed increase and stuff. And, you know, we've talked a lot about it in the past of making each one unique, sort of like the quirk system, but to show that in the pilot skill system and, and you know, all that. And I think the module system could be even something. Does it add a layer of complexity? Yes. Does it add a layer of, I would say, choice and variety? I think it does. Currently, what happens is everyone usually takes, you know, the same thing. I always take target K or, you know, like Jaeger, um, you, you guys were saying you, you would take, you know, two, an Artie and a, an Airstrike and then one other, you know, obviously it's always, to me, the modules are, it's just something that adds to the mech in a match, but it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that overwhelming it. Yeah, I mean, it's got it's got to be valuable enough and powerful enough to, to incentivize people to actually uh, purchase it and, and sink their C-bills and GXP into it. But it can't be so, you know, completely overpowering that it's all anybody's going to take. I mean, that that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll, I'll come back to what Catter and I were saying that, you know, it's um, I don't think that they are they should be currently grouped in with like all of the other existing modules. Like, I think if we need more pilot tweaks, we need, we need more abilities to specialize. And I think that's where they could really be successful. All right, we're going to go ahead and move on. Obviously, we had uh, Omni-Mech and Omni-Pods details. Uh, there's a few things in this write-up that I think are, you know, things that we need to talk about. So let's go ahead and discuss this. The Clan XL, we had, you know, speculated that, you know, the whole survivability, their strengths, their weaknesses. Obviously, what it looks like is the Clan Mechs are going to be able to pack a whole lot more firepower, but they're also going to be, well could be slower than their IS counterparts. And, uh, you know, there was a few things that talking about XL engines, two crit slots in each torso. Obviously, they just announced that you have to destroy both the left and right torso and or the center torso. How do you guys feel about that in, in general? Yeah, that sounds good. It's kind of what we were hoping for. It would, with the geometry of some of those client mechs, we were kind of worried that, you know, their side torsos seem very exposed. They're, you know, jutting faces where the cockpits go and yeah this will definitely make them much more survivable even in the reference to light mechs you think it's a good call you know obviously uh some of these light mechs have as much payload capacity as uh, some of the is medium and heavies um i mean so do you think that will put them on par as they can't go as fast obviously because the the you know engine you know cap well that's right that the main problem with the clan light mechs so far from what we've heard is going to be the speed them going barely over 100 kph they're not going to be able to keep up with the inner sphere light mechs so it'll make them slightly more survivable but it's almost seems like you're going to have to play them like a almost like they're blackjacks in the same play style yeah the lights in battletech it seemed like were not meant to fight other lights it was to be behind the mediums and the heavies uh, and basically just have the speed, you know, I guess, and a little bit more maneuverability to be able to get around and help support, you know? I mean, so it looks like maybe that'll be 
uh, how it is. But I mean, when I was looking at it, the first thing that crossed my mind was of how much weapons they can take. And yeah, a spider or a fire starter or, you know, a Jenner may be quicker, but does can you overcome that with just sheer firepower? So that'll be actually something I guess we'll see when they come out. I think the, as far as engines being destroyed and stuff like that, I think that's as expected for anyone that's played the tabletop or familiar with Battletech lore in general, we kind of, I think, all saw this somewhat coming if they stayed true to canon. And that that's one of my biggest concerns as well as with the light mechs is that they're going to be going so slow that it might actually be really easy to core them out. And I, I have no problems with that. Well, I mean, look at the Raven 4X and the 2X before they got the engine buff. I mean, and even even still somewhat, but they're a lot better now. But before the Raven 2X and 4X, I mean, they went 130 and they were considered slow. And I mean, even still now, I mean, I see some people in stock Ravens or even uh, slow cicadas and stuff like that going around at 97 and they're just fodder. I mean, you're going to be a, almost a sitting duck if you're running an XL in, in your light. Yeah. When, when you're going when you're going 130 plus, the only thing you really have to worry about is another light that can catch up to you and keep up with you and engage. But when you're or going, anything that's uh, well, voting streaks, right? Not not even so much that uh, other light mechs are not the primary predators of other light mechs. It's large, high alpha pinpoint damage mechs that really tear the enemy lights down. And if you're going 100 kph, you're extremely easy to hit for one of those, you know, sniper mechs. And we have intersphere mediums right now, like you guys just said, that are boating four or five Streak SRM2s. They'll be able to chase these poor clan light mechs forever. And they have the same armor points as, you know, the intersphere mechs, so it's not going to help them out too much. Yeah, I just think of like the, uh, the Shadowhawk I run. It's got two ER large and four streaks on it. That thing's going to be uh, hunting a lot of these clan lights. All right, so, you know, back on the, the whole topics of, uh, you know, Omnimex and Clan XLs, I think that was, we expected it. I think it was a good call. I think, uh, and obviously we're going to be talking about the next, uh, another thing as far as protection. But let's go ahead and move on to something else in the notes, which was the heat sinks. And it was referring to the double heat sinks. Now, they said something in here that I think is definitely noteworthy. The same efficiency as the IS Mechs. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give my uh, opinion on this i think it's a good call and this is why and some of you guys are like no it should be higher you know well i say no i think uh you know obviously right now it's all on paper you know unless they have it in game they can test but this is why i think it's a good thing the the double the double heat sinks for clans are only two crit slots which means you're going to be able to put more on your mech and I and I feel like it's a balancing factor. Like if you were to buff them even more and give them even greater efficiency, I I think you're going to have issues. And the one thing I do not want is the climax coming in, and it just being a hey you're more efficient and on the battle and better just because your equipment, not because your skill. And uh, so that's one thing. So what are your guys' thoughts on the whole equal efficiency? Are you like it? Don't like it? Yeah, totally fine with that. I think having an extra crit slot open per heatsink is enough of an advantage. I completely agree. I mean, my big before you went as soon as you brought up the topic, I didn't know if you were going to touch on it or not. But basically, yeah, uh, in in the space that you could fit two regular intersphere heatsinks, you can fit three clan double heatsinks. I mean, heck, keeping them the same, or even if they went down to like one point three, though I know fires will burn and pitchforks will be raised you're still going to be coming out ahead at the same as the intersphere. That's about it. Yeah, I, I think, think so, so much of the, um, the clan technology is going to be locked, like fixed, and you're not going to be able to really adjust things one way or the other, that um, I don't think this is bad at all. I think it's a, a pretty good balance. Well, the reason I bring this up and I put it down and why it I think is a, uh, is a, a noteworthy thing is because, you know, double heat sinks and single heat sinks, Gosh, it used to be this such big issue for double heat sinks when they said, "Hey guys, we're not doing 2.0, we're not doing 1.8," and you know a lot of people were upset about that and oh, you know it's horrible, blah blah blah. And it's like you guys do realize, yes, the name mean says double, but just think of uh, heat sinks having 0.7 uh, efficiency instead of you know. I mean, my point being is. It was a big deal back then, and obviously, I don't think it is a big deal, especially clans and how they're going to have some bonuses. And one of those being, obviously, is you know the weapon hard points. So, yeah, 
Let's go ahead and move on to something else. Now, this wasn't mentioned in the notes, and it has not been confirmed, but this is one of the you know things that I'm going to reach out and talk to uh, Paul about um, mm-hmm. and possibly just get in an official announcement on this is the ability to add armor. And the reason I said this is no one has actually said, yes, you're able to increase the armor amount, not change the armor. On Omnimex, you can't change the stock armor as far as the type. If it's Pharaoh, it's Pharaoh. If it's standard, it's standard. But some of the clan mechs come stock with so little armor, even if you double it how it currently is, that you th- <laughs> that they will be punched through like tinfoil. So I-, I would love confirmation on this because if it doesn't get changed, I feel like that's going to be a big deterrent towards taking clan mechs in general. And Tyler, comp scene-wise, if they come with stock armor values, do you see that being an issue? Yeah, it could just automatically make certain mechs non-viable for competition, and they just wouldn't be taken. And I don't think that's what PGI is aiming to do, but we'll see. I mean, and, you know, someone was like, well, you know, that's that's the way it is, or at least that's how it says in the tech manual. Um, I'm going to go on a limb and say, well, they're sacrificing something, right? I mean, they could put a heat sink on, they could put more weapons on. So, so what if, you know, if I take a Timberwolf, prime and i want to drop the machine guns and medium pulse and you know max it out as far as armor i only have x amount i can take in anyways right i mean there's only a max you can take but i feel like that's sort of an important part because like the summoner very very thin armor the lights mediocre mediums are actually a sweet spot if you look at the nova um stock armor values and you look at the hunchback even if the hunchback was maxed the nova actually only has like 30 less points overall so the mediums are actually a nice sweet sweet spot for uh the clan mechs but um i think we need confirmation on that because it's it's a pretty important part one mech hellbringer anybody if it ever is introduced it has paper thin standard armor like paper thin i mean do you think there's a, a potential for them to use uh, the fixed amount of armor between variants is a balancing factor for if one variant say has more hard points in like an arm than say another one like the one with the less you know a single energy hard point maybe has more armor the only thing i could see is if they keep to where you can't add armor go ahead and introduce clan mech uh, weapons as being more powerful like you would you'd almost have to make clan mechs be almost op to an extent Uh, you know that borderline of uh they do a lot more damage because your time on field may be relatively short, so you have to get it done really quick. Does that make sense? I mean, like, if you can't take a whole lot of damage, you need to be able to dish out just as much. So, I, you know, in in how they've balanced, you know, MWO so far, um, you know, and and they've stated, and I still feel they need to double the internal structure values, just like they did armor. Um, I still think it's it's it just needs doubled. But the time-to-death ratio... Um, obviously this depends I know this isn't like a fixed percent or whatever um, and there's so many variables that go into it skill what weapons all, all that fun stuff I just feel like are the clans going to come in here with a crutch you know like uh, they're already going to have you know just a weight on their foot and they're already sinking you know and they have to fight against that and you know someone could say oh well it's you know they're they have to be better you know they have to be better skilled you know and stuff like that but I, I feel like that's the trade-off they're going to have to do from what we've heard of their ideas for wep- clan weapon balancing already, it seems like their weapons are going to be plenty powerful. So to make all the weapons even more powerful, just to compensate for a couple mechs that have slightly less armor, because I mean, there's still going to be the, the dire wolf striding around out there, and it has as much armor as an atlas. So you don't want to give it buffs because its you know cousins are weaker armored. So I'm thinking really all they could do if they don't let you change the armor would be to a few uh, quirks, mech quirks, they've introduced that system for certain mechs to make them better either through mobility or they could do it in that way through, I don't know, slight increases in damage or something for their weapons. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see, me personally, I wouldn't want to see chassis-specific quirks to where just because that mech um, is deficient in some things that it gets a bonus in like damage. Uh, that's one thing I wouldn't want to see. Like magical, oh well, you know, the awesome does more damage with its PPCs. I've never liked that idea. Uh, you know, and yes, the direwolf uh, will be striding around, and there will be mechs like the Timberwolf that have a good amount of armor and firepower and stuff like that. 
but also the size of the direwolves. Just because it's big and strong doesn't mean it's going to be the end-all be-all. And I feel like adding armor is it's just a must. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you need to be able to add more if you want it. And I mean, you're sacrificing other stuff. Let me at least upgrade, uh, or not upgrade, let me at least add armor. I think at the end of the day, that just, it needs to be done. Well, let me let me play devil's advocate for a minute. Would you trade armor for an ability to have a quirk that allows you to bypass uh, ghost heat to a certain extent? Going back to your awesome example, which I know is not a clan, say you could mount that third PPC on an awesome and not face the penalty. Well, then, I don't know. To me, I still, and, I, and I've said this in the past, I don't think ghost heat is the end-all be-all. Um, I, I feel like uh, maybe down the road they can sit down and rethink uh, how that's handled. Um, obviously, it's it's very difficult for a new player. They did mention, by the way, um, I think in the notes, that there will be some type of indicator for a player, a new player, to when they put, let's say, three large lasers on a mech, it'll actually tell them, hey, you're going to have an increase in heat. But that being said, I don't know. You know, it's just one of those things. I have no problem with making some of these chassis that are subpar on par. But look at the hunchback and i know we're getting off topic here look at the hunchback 4j it just got a decrease in its hunch overall i've actually had a few um pilots that are good high elo say they actually that's the best hunchback right now because the the hitboxes and it doesn't have that and i you know i've loved it for a while but because just the change of geometry on the a few of the hunchbacks now have made some of the worst hunchback now actually decent and uh you know so that's what i think just i know i'm going off on lame i've talked about the awesome as far as its perks and this and that doesn't matter how good uh and efficient that mech is at firing if it's still a barn door it's still going to be able to take be taken out you know speaking of which real quick uh speaking of hunchbacks and quirks a little off topic i would like to see and that's not my idea but uh to be able to put more armor on that hunch to compensate for its geometry more than the standard mount you're allowed to put on a 50 ton max right torso i thought about that? that i thought about that actually in the past and this is why i came to the conclusion i don't like it because of the highlander 733c if you and if you allow like a to be able to strip armor off another location and or add armor unless it was per mech as far as per location for instance, uh, Hunchback 4G and 4H, you can do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's all I'm talking about. Yeah. It's just those, you know, 4H, 4G, yeah. 4P. Just, I, just I, have no, I have no problem with that uh, to an extent. But I think what they need should do anyways is just reduce the overall hunch, just like the 4J, by one-third. The 4H and the 4G and the gridiron now reduce the, over, the overall length of it i mean to me i was playing around in the 4j and i was playing around in the 4sp and it was a world of difference compared to uh the 4g and the 4h so i just think that instead of introducing a whole nother mechanic or you know i mean that's basically what it is when you look at the overall scheme of things but i also feel like that's something that battletech never really addressed right um, because they didn't have to um, it was random hit location and stuff like that. So as far as that uh, goes, Tyler, I actually wouldn't be opposed to it. I would just like, you know, a little bit more thought, I guess, put into specific, you know, like what what mechs get what. Some, you know, might not get it at all, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And could it be abused to an extent? You know, th- those are the type of things. But I think giving some chassis the ability to tank more in some roles, like, that's one thing Battletech never did as well to where they created, you know, some of these weird, you know, unique tweaks and, and abilities to a specific chassis based on its its lore almost, right? Like, what's the point of having this huge hunch if it doesn't give you added protection? Uh, or why does it have a hunchback or huge hunch, but yet all the other mechs equipped with an AC-20 don't? Like the Atlas. Why does the Atlas only have just the barrel, you know? How about and it closer has this... example, the Trebuchet 7K in its left torso, the AC-20 can fit in there and it's completely contained just in its little side torso. Yeah, so, you know, to me, I think fixing the, the mechs and the geometry themselves would actually make it, uh, that particular variant and chassis better overall than adding a new system. But I'm okay with an idea like that um, to make certain mechs viable and or at least better on the battlefield i should say but anyways let's go ahead and move on we're way off topic 
Um, we've got the the next thing we have is the on the Omnimax we have the hand and lower arm actuator are removed if you place a auto cannon PPC or there was one other weapon I forgot what was it um, anybody else uh, off the top of my head I should have wrote them down um, where I find this unique is does that mean let's just say metaphorically speaking I have a clan Omnimech and it does have a hand actuator and I add a PPC. Does that remove just the hand actuator so I still have that side to side movement and I get the addition of an extra crit slot? Or does it remove the hand and the lower arm actuator and now I have no side to side torso, uh, side to side dual reticle? Because I think that's pretty important. I mean, that's one of the reasons I love the Victor with the AC20 um, is I have that side to side mobility with extra reticle. So. The way I read it was, if you place one of those weapons, it will remove one of those. But if the mech only has a lower arm actuator and you place one of those weapons, it removes the lower arm and it's a lot like the Jaeger, where it doesn't have the side-to-side movement, or the K2 and stuff like that. Did you guys read that anywhere else? And do you see any gameplay implications to this? Well, you get crit slots back, and with, you know, all the space-saving clan weaponry, and we just talked about the heat sinks earlier... You may be able to fit a double heatsink without your hand and lower arm actuator in there that you otherwise wouldn't if you're searching for space. Well, and remember, too, that Omnimechs have fixed ferrofibrous, or I should say fixed armor and internal crit slots. So, for instance, uh, ferrofibrous and endo right now on an IS mech, they're dynamic, right? You use up all the crit slots on your right arm, they'll shift as long as you have free space. The clan mechs, though, that's fixed. So you only have X amount of crit slots on your right or left arm at any given time. So I could see we're doing this. And this is basically, by the way, straight from the tech manual. This is very Battletech-esque that no other previous game has done. I mean, obviously, um, because all previous games, especially MechWarrior 4, you can see they tried, but they fell short in a lot of regards. Well, with that, I, and I hope everybody knows that the clan ferrofibrous armor and endosteel armor only take up seven crit slots each. So 14 total for your whole mech, and you get both of those advantages. So it's not like you're going to be scraping for space. It's not like it's, you know, 14 for each like it is in the Intersphere mechs. Yeah, but that might have implications of you have um, a ballistic in your right arm, but you may not be able to fit an AC or UAC 20, you know, with well, the, the clans. about all they can do to balance, you know, <laughs> a dire wolf from taking out three UAC 20s and just ending every game. <laughs> All right, so we also had one other thing on the Omnimex, which was confirmation again on no mixed tech. I was actually very happy about this because when we did the um, you know multiple part interview with Brian Ekman, they said they were you know tossing around the idea, and um, obviously when they said this, they you know and they announced it, they said we don't want an arms race. Which if you allowed mixed tech, that that's what it would be. So I'm really glad they did that, and I think that'll be a, a that's a good stance to take to the whole mixed and, and not mixed and um, I'm looking forward to it so let's go ahead and move on to the next topic obviously we have UI 2.0 um, obviously we had our hands on this a while ago we had it a few weeks ago we all know that it has its issues so that being said so we don't beat a you know dead horse what are actually some good things uh, you know I'm just going to ask one of you know you guys one at a time what's one thing that actually you like and uh, then we'll ask one thing that you uh, hope is changed. Let's go ahead and start with Brandon. One thing I liked about UI 2.0, finally full screen and not a windowed mode. That's, yeah, just full screen, mech lab, able to see it. Yay, finally. I concur, good sir. Mech porn and all of its glory. Dude, I'm on a 1440 screen. I've been waiting a long time for this. Yes. All right, what about you, uh, Tyler? good thing i would say it's nice to be able to see what your group mates are taking uh as far as mechs in the group window good detail there's been quite a few uh competitive matches that have had to be aborted because somebody took a mech they weren't supposed to therefore had an illegal drop deck and everybody has to suicide that's never fun because it's already difficult enough to sink drop so that's excellent to see yeah i noticed that today uh when i was playing with garth and uh, nash what about you jason what's one good Uh, thing the overall aesthetic. I like the uh, being able to see my mechs up close and personal in a lot more uh, detail, and um, but just the overall aesthetic. I think it looks uh, it looks a little more futuristic, and uh, I don't know. I like it. The one thing 
that I would point out that I love about UI 2.0. Um, obviously, I agree with everything you guys just said. The one thing for me, no mech load times. Oh my gosh, I wasted so... I literally probably, if you added up the amount of time I had to wait from the load screen, the mech lab to come in after a match, hours. I would probably say too many hours that I want to think about. No load times. Noticed that uh, yesterday and today when playing. Boom, straight in the mech lab. You hit ready, you can launch instantaneously. Thank God, because the amount of mechs, I think it was tied into back-end system, was atrocious. So anyways, don't have to worry about that. So happy, kudos. All right, so obviously, um, let's go ahead and move on to the bad things or things that, uh, you know, one thing that you'd want fixed in particular. Obviously, there's a lot of forum threads going on right now. I know we have it at our NGNG forums. We also have it over at Reddit. And by the way, they are reading. Um, I have talked to Garth. I've talked to uh, Brian. They are looking at feedback. And obviously, they're going to be implementing a ton of changes Apparently, February 18th is going to be a big uh, patch as far as uh, UI is concerned. So that being said, let's go ahead and start with the uh, last person we asked. Jason, what is one bad thing that uh, or something that you'd like uh, adjusted? Sure. Well, I I have a pretty significant list, but if I'm going to pick one, I would say that when I go into uh, tweak a mech and I want to go try out a different build and I say like, I, you know, I was watching Jaeger and he was on his Twitch channel doing this and I'm going to try that with my mech. And I go in there and I, I put a bunch of, you know, tweaks on there, maybe weapons I don't own already. In the old UI, I used to be able to do that, see how they could fit in the mech, see what the heat cost was going to be and, and really get an idea of the mech before I hit my purchase button. And I don't seem to be able to do that anymore. When I go in to uh, modify mechs, if I don't already own anything, I have to buy the weapons individually right up front, then place them on the mech, and then be able to see the end result. And I don't like that. I used to really like being able to play around with a bunch of things before I had to commit to an overall price. What about you, uh, Tyler? A bad thing, well, there's, like Centurion said, there's quite a few, but uh, the whole, yeah, customizing your mech interface, I'm not a big fan of it. And I was pretty excited a few weeks ago when we had Russ on here. He said uh, a few things they wanted to get in before the fourth was a Smurfy-like interface. And like I said, I was happy to hear that, but unfortunately that's not out quite yet. Maybe in the the next patch, like you said, but it's just a little too uh, difficult switching through your different slots on your mechs. You can't, you know, click the the actual location on the physical, you know, picture of your mech anymore to select that location. So it just takes longer to do things. I think uh, someone said it uh, uh, pretty good. I, I saw a comment over Reddit. It was like, something about the functionality of the old UI, um, but with the aesthetics of the new one. And, you know, we did, I think they did a great job with the old one. I mean, even though it was dated, I think, uh, you know, in some regards, it was pretty much streamlined uh, to, to what we needed, right? I mean, as far as, okay, hey, you needed this info, boom, there it is. So, all right, Brandon, what about you? Yeah, there's a large list of things, which I could say, but right now it's definitely, I'm feeling the pain of the added clicks, and the unneeded backpedaling to add stuff. Uh, so if you, what I'm referring to is, like, for example, in the old UI, when I was doing a mech, I could easily select a tab, add the upgrades to my mech, and then go back to the weapons and just go seamless like that. Now I have to add, strip everything. The first thing I do when I get a mech in the new UI is strip everything off, have to go save it, so no engine, no weapons, no anything. Go then back to the mech lab, find upgrades, add the upgrades I want, save it, go back to the mech lab, go back to the weapons, and then click every single weapon slot to add my weapons back onto it. It's not streamlined, it's not efficient, it's just sloppy, in my opinion. My one thing that just, I I really hope, and obviously I I know the Smurfy is coming, and Paul has posted up obviously some mock-ups, and uh, I do have confirmation they will be doing that. They they, they've heard the call. They understand why it's so important. But for me is even with the Smurfy, I like seeing the mech sort of like how, um, you know, the old, you know, 1.5, if you will, UI before you, you 2.0. Um, I like actually being able to see your mech and click on the location of the mech. And I think with some even with their current UI, if they just rearrange some stuff, you know, and we've seen mockups from a few community members, um, but even just just functionality to me. Uh, would be a big thing. Having to go from the left side of your screen, I'm on a 
P screen all the way down to the bottom right, uh, just to be able to uh, remove you, you know said item. That item uh, list the what's equipped could definitely be right there, right next to the 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 menu on the left. That would make things a little bit easier. But uh, obviously, there's a lot of things that the functionality isn't quite there yet. But I will say we wanted UI 2.0. They set a date. They delivered. So kudos to them. I mean, you know, that's one thing a lot of people, you know, just want to jump on the, oh my gosh, it's not perfect bandwagon. They said it wasn't going to be perfect. We knew it wasn't going to be perfect, but it's out. I mean, and that's, that to me, that's a big thing. They delivered on a date. Boom. There you go. So I think in my books, that's, that's a positive. So I guess everyone takes it, you know, the way they want it. But, uh, yeah, UI 2.0, I'm looking forward to the changes. Obviously, uh, one thing you noted, uh, you mentioned, Tyler, was the groups and the information. I really see how that would evolve to where you'd know more, being able to chat and drag that chat window around. I mean, there's a ton of stuff like that that I cannot wait to, to have in there because it's just going to be the icing on the cake. I had uh, Lindsay go ahead and try it out on her account uh, last night, and she's a very casual player and hasn't picked up the game in a couple months, and um, the one thing that stood out for her was the um, when you go down to the little bars, the little yellow bars that fill in like armor, firepower, heat management, and so on. She's like, "Oh, I guess my you know my stalker's only got 65 in firepower. I guess that's not a really that good." And I had to explain to her that that 250 scale is not really, you know, a reasonable maximum scale. And so I thought that was pretty interesting from like a new player perspective that I wouldn't have even given a second thought. Yeah, that's one of the things that I liked about the uh, the uh, Lee Song Mech Lab, you know, showing the graph and the damage fall off and all that, you know, information. Uh, it definitely helped you bring it into, you know, context of actually using it. But all right, moving on from UI 2.0, um, let's go ahead and dive into a topic that I think is uh, very pertinent, which is the direct impact weapons. Um, Tyler, you've mentioned this. Uh, we've mentioned this. And right now, you pretty much have, you know, uh, two categories. You have, you know, autocannons, PPCs, and of course you have Goss, but I would say Goss right now, because of the mechanic, um, is sort of not in the same ballpark as autocannons and PPCs. Obviously, how they're implemented right now, and looking towards the clans, and how UACs and the random jam mechanic, and how the, the meta has always been to load up as much as you can as far as direct impact and to be able to do, you know, high amounts of volley damage. What do you see as far as gameplay implications for the autocannons and the PPCs? And would you change anything? Uh, I think um, what, you know, I was absent last podcast, but I, I did give it a listen. And I think what Tyler said is that it kind of comes back to the common denominator. Only things are the, is the PPCs. And so I, I think that, you know, if I could rewind time, I would have taken the Gauss charge up and put it on the PPC and then been done. Or done some something else. Maybe you make the the you know the primary point of contact uh, do the majority of damage, and maybe has a little bit of splash, so it's not as pinpoint uh, of a weapon. You know that electrical charge kind of you know cascading over the other areas of the mech, something like that. But PPCs seem to be the the common denominator whenever you bring up um, the pinpoint problem. What about you, Brian? I, I've been toying around with the ideas and concepts in my mind every now and then. If I was to have my way with the Gauss Rifle and PPCs. One, I'd strip the recharge time off the Gauss Rifle, period. Two, I would add a small charge time on the PPC. And three, another quirk I'd add to the PPC, and this is a little bit odd, is per PPC on the mech, increase the recycle re slash reload time, whatever you want to call it, on the PPCs. So I hate the awesome catchphrase. I, I, I hate the awesome... That burn door... Uh, no, um, I, I think it, it'd be an interesting mechanic to toy around with because I don't know. That's just what I've been playing around with. What about you, Tyler? What would you uh, change or adjust? I played MechWarrior 4 a few weeks ago, and the auto cannons in that game take a, kind of a duration kind of thing. Uh, they don't go in a single shell. They you know spit out kind of like the lasers do in this game. So that's a possible thing they could do, is to limit the direct damage that the autocannons do. And as far as the PPC, uh, I've thought maybe about implementing some kind of mechanic, like the PPC still does 10 damage, but it does 7 damage to a single ocean, then it spreads the remaining damage to adjacent hit locations. So say if you hit an enemy mech in the center torso, it would do 
seven damage to the center torso and one and a half to the left torso, one and a half to the right torso, something like that, just so just to limit the the pinpoint a little bit more. I would like to see something like the MechWarrior 3 autocannons come back, you know? I mean, I remember the very first mission you drop on, you have the Bushwhacker and you press the autocannon, you know, boop, 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 and it fires off a few rounds and it takes the, you know, as far as like, obviously there isn't a random jam mechanic, uh, it would spread damage. It had a little bit of recoil as well. And to me, I've always wanted that. I've always wanted that difference. And obviously, as far as gameplay, you can definitely see where it would help, you know, everything. I mean, you know, right now, we were talking about that last week of, you know, lasers being, you know, linked as far as, or lasers being separate because of the duration and the beam duration. And PPCs have always been linked with, first it was Gauss rifles uh, and autocannons back then. And now, obviously, the, the go-to is autocannons and PPCs. I think just making autocannons unique and then looking at, the you know, the whole UAC and jam mechanic, you know, can you make it skill-based? Being able to hold your reticle if, if it shakes and kicks back because of recoil on one location, those are the type of things I would love to see. But I think one of the things, I br- why I bring this up is because I saw someone basically post up, obviously it was a mock-up, but looking at the future with the different UACs, you know, Tyler, you mentioned the direwolf earlier, you know, and there's, you know, going to be other mechs as well, because IS also get those type of weapons, being able to basically <laughs> annihilate someone in one or two shots with uh, multiple, you know, UAC 10s and 20s. You guys would know a lot more than I have, but um, has there ever been a game that has dealt with recoil, like significant recoil, when you have some of the bigger guns come into play? Yes, MechWarrior 3 had a little bit of a recoil system, but that I think that's the only only one yeah it, it had a it had a recoil as well especially with the the uacs like it would I, I remember specifically you can look up the video too of the first it kicked like you know for instance if you were to fire it was in the, the right arm you would sort of it would almost um bring your shoulder back if you will and you know keeping your aim on one location um you know it, it's one of those things because i always look at the gameplay like why do people take those setups? Why is it that PPCs, AC5s, why has it always been uh, this shift? Why don't you see PPCs and, you know, uh, you know, beam weapons, uh, lasers and stuff being used, you know, as far as like alpha and stuff like this? It's because they don't sync, you know, and, and I'm just looking at the whole autocannons and PPCs, you know, will we ever see PPCs, uh, you know, be changed, whether a, a charge mechanic like we've talked about in the past or, you know, um, desyncing them. Obviously, we just saw the AC-10s and 20s be desynced per se. So that's what I'm wondering is I always see an issue with high volley damage. Um, I say alpha. A lot of times that can be confused with the process of alpha firing all of your weapons. I, that's why I usually say volley. But a large amounts of volley damage to one location. I see that as a problem. And obviously the Highlander 733C the, the current meta, two PPC AC-10, or, you know, now, you know, two AC-5s, UAC-5s, PPCs, that's that's where I see an issue, and is it going to get any better? That's what I, I try to look at is, and what can be done to, you know, uh, adjust that or fix that. Yeah, I think it'd be hilarious, though, if you had a significant amount of recoil on, on some of the bigger weapons, and you were trying to, you know, jump snipe in one of those, and then, got yeah, you can get your shot off, but you're also going to, you know, spin like 90 degrees before you hit ground again. That'd be an interesting mechanic. Just thinking out loud here would be um, if you shoot a ballistic or something like that well in the air to have a small bit of torso twist added to your mech and kind of depending on location of the ballistic. Well, the, the whole reason I bring up the whole MechWarrior 3 is, okay, so what we're looking at is we're looking at being able to fire a weapon and be pinpoint accurate and deliver all of its weapons uh, damage to one location. That's how current autocannons are and PPCs. And even Goss, but at least as a, you know, skill-based mechanic, right? I mean, you have to charge, you have to be able to time it, and you release and stuff like that. All right, lasers, it's a duration-based. doesn't do all of its damage to one location unless you hold it on target for its full entire duration. When you look at the MechWarrior 3, I don't remember MechWarrior 4. I don't know why that is. I can remember 3, but not 4. But when you look at MechWarrior 3's uh, mechanic for that, you have the capability of doing all of that damage to one location but also takes skill you may spread it around a little bit and that is one of the issues we're talking about right being able to deliver high amounts of volley damage to one location and it really takes not a whole lot of skill 
to, to be able to do it. Pull trigger, boom, there you go. You know, desyncing, having unique weapons and stuff like that. That's what I, I guess I'm trying to look at. Yeah, I'm even thinking like on the on the smaller ones like AC2s. I mean, even like an M16 or something like that. I mean, I'm obviously I'm doing a real world equivalent here, but you know, three round burst is a lot easier to keep center mass. But you know, hold down that full auto, you're going to walk, you know, the walk the gun up, where you know you have to really put you know concentrated effort to keep your barrel down. So I could see something like that for even like rapid fire ACs going into play, which I think would be pretty neat. I welcome it because then it would make every shot like a skill shot. Well, even if you were to say, okay, you know, it's a future, your your targeting computer, you know, handles all that. Okay, I could get that. But also how they handled it was your autocannon shot out X amount of rounds. Um, And it even talks about it in lore and stuff. But so even if it was uh, you had a slight recoil, depending on the, you know, caliber of the the autocannon, you had to, you know, force, you know, if you will, you know, hold your reticle on place. Maybe there's a little bit of shake or, you know, whatever type it's still it it changes it up to where it's not all the damage is in one shell one round one hit you know and obviously that that would change a lot of things i mean you're you're talking dynamically changing a a big weapon system in the game yeah i I think there could be many different ways you know people have talked about doing you know a a a clip if you will type system to where you fire x amount and then it you know has to reload you know and stuff like that but um all right, let me get your guys' quick impressions on the Firestarter. Brandon, what do you think? Uh, I've dropped a couple times in it. I absolutely love it. Um, that being said, it still suffers from a, from a few things, such as a spider uh, syndrome, where basically if you take a shot anywhere, uh, you're pretty much done. I had an issue today where my mech just stopped. Uh, I don't know if I clipped through... Uh, a terrain or whatever it was but then i was taken out shortly after and or i got yeah just totally annihilated but my overall impressions are this actually might be the first light mech that i enjoy um i'm gonna go out on limb i was having a lot of fun i had ams on the damn thing i was using machine guns for like not the first time ever but like i i love it and it can dish out some damage really quickly especially you get internal structure with those machine guns it's over but uh my first impressions are like it can't wait to see the next what about you uh tyler yeah i played for a few hours last night and it uh has the opportunity to really compete with the jenner for light spots in higher tonnages the machine guns aren't so good at engaging other light mechs so in you know light drop weights and drop decks it's not going to be very prevalent at least the the ember variant but so far, so good. And I'm going to have to dis- kind of disagree with Catra, even though uh, one time last night I did get one shot out the back right torso. The rest of the night, I f- it feels like it uh, can spread the damage much, much better than the Jenner. The, you know, the Jenner, pretty much all you ever get shot in is the center torso and the legs. But the Firestar, you're able to take it all over your body. And even though you rely on your arms for the, you know, medium lasers in most cases, using that taking hits to the arm is better than taking a CT and being dead. I have to agree with you, Tyler. I tanked like a freaking brick, dude. Like, it was great. I was spreading damage. I only died a few times to, you know, CT as far as, but that was because my left torso, I mean, you, you were asking me earlier, uh, Brandon, you remember I was, uh, my right torso was opened up, but I was still alive. I loved it. I, I think it actually did a really good job. I mean, especially the torso twist right on it, being able to spread that I don't know. It, it just worked really well for me. Jason, have you been able to play this uh, this thing yet? No, no. I, I've been very tempted. I mean, it looks great, but uh, I made the prudent step or big mistake. I don't know which way which way you want to categorize it at the beginning of the year uh, to um, create a budget. And I looked back on MechWarrior Online and totaled up how much I've spent on the game already, and uh, was pretty surprised. So I'm kind of on a um, kind of on a hiatus right now and and, and i don't know if i you know i'd have to been you know spend about 15 bucks to pick that thing up because i don't have any mc currently and i i just don't know if i want to bite on that because i've already got 52 other mechs that i can play did you ground yourself is that what you did <clears throat> yeah um I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to get married this year and uh when i you know when i'm looking at that and thinking about 15 dollar increments on a video game here and there especially when that I can buy an entire game on Steam for that same amount, like buy, spending that on just one mech when I already have so many to play. Yeah. Um, just a little hard to justify at this point. 
I was going to say, I used to rag on Darren all the time about World of Tanks and how much money he spent on that thing. But, hey, you know, teach his own. You're not out, you know, partying, you know, drinking or out spending on other hobbies, you know, like paintball or I don't know. Yeah, to each his own. Like I said, I totally understand putting yourself on a budget. And to anyone who's out there listening, don't mech with that, you know, outside of your means. That's that's what I'll do. <laughs> well, Be the just... mature one. Well, it's been dangerous, and this game has been really dangerous for me because, you know, I'd get a check and be like, oh, yeah, I could spend a little bit. Sure, I'll put another 25 in. Why not? And, uh, you know, it was only after I looked back on, you know, the, the entirety of my C-bill purchases since I, I uh, came aboard that I really got the full picture. Let's think about this. This time next year, there's going to be some pretty broke clanners because you know they're going to do it. They're going to have heroes and all those clanners and some of you guys. Oh, all right, guys, I just want to say again, uh, thank you again for coming out. Uh, we do have something really, really cool for you guys to check out. If you have not done so already, we got a link for you guys. Duncan Fisher uh, created a uh, sort of a short story audio book, and it's called The Last Contender. And this is around 54 minutes long, so it's pretty lengthy. So if you get some extra time, maybe download it, listen to it while you're at work, wherever you are. But uh, give him some feedback. This he did this on his you know, spare time and that's recording something for 54 minutes and editing and stuff like that. So freaking sweet. Also on next on the list is the Lee song mech lab tool. I've been using this a lot. Uh, check out the YouTube video we have on this. It's just a basic introduction to it. Um, now because it patched or the game patched on Tuesday, uh, the tool has been having a parsing error. I already contacted her by the time you probably listen to this, it's probably already been fixed. She updates it pretty much all the time. So I think because it's a new patch, uh, she'll have to make some adjustments. But love it. It's basically like, uh, I mean, it's my mech fitting tool now. I actually don't, <laughs> I haven't even had to use Smurfy. So that's actually been really nice uh, just to be able to have it on my other screen. Boom, there it is. Check it out. If uh, And, you know, give her some feedback. I mean, she's put like, I don't know how many hours. She said something around the lines of 26,000 plus lines of code to create it. So I'm all for supporting stuff like this. I think it's awesome. And a big thank you to our community, you guys here, live studio audience, our listeners, new and old, and our amazing staff and our sponsors. Thank you so much for becoming sponsors. And of course, if you uh, you know want to help things out, just become a sponsor. Uh, you know, head over to our website. And of course, if you you know can't do that, maybe you're doing some shopping. Don't forget, click on that Amazon affiliate link. It gives a small kickback to us without adding anything to your cost. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy Mechware podcast. Signing off for tonight. This is Phil. This is Brandon, also known as Catrick Hell. This is Jason. This is Tyler. Until next time, Mech Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me. But I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me. You can feel it on my skin. But there is more with it. Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot